Ever wanted a career in football? At the Global Institute of Sport, you can now study a master's degree in football business or football coaching and analysis right here in Australia. GIS is the largest provider of sports degrees in the UK with campuses at Wembley and Etihad Stadium. Learn online with unique access to the iconic MCG and a big-hitting Australian industry network. Be one of the first Australians to get a football master's degree and join GIS's global network of football leaders. Apply now to start in February 2023. Learn more at gis.sport.fnr. That's gis.sport.fnr. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Welcome back. Happy New Year. A belated Merry Christmas if I missed out anybody. Uh, George Danikian and Pakur Frimpong, my co-host, uh, who has also been very, very busy. I've been relaxed and chilled and quite uh, um, amazed with uh, all the football that's been going on around the world. Uh, did I mention, uh, Pakur, that the EPL is back? Did I mention the FA Cup is back? The League Cup is back? Uh, upsets galore <laughs> everywhere. Um, the A-League is back. Uh, the A-League women's is back. And there have been some results that I need for you because of your background and your insight to explain how it is that one of the teams that has ba- ba- basically not been able to manage a win has gone over and knocked over one of the tournament favourites in, in Melbourne City uh, W League side. Um, what's going on? But before we go any further... Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you too, George. And uh, I found out fine. I don't know how to describe what I saw uh, in that uh, Premier League group when West Sydney won over Bank City. But, uh, Can I just say I'm in shock? Yeah, I, I was also in shock. No, no, you'll need to use a, a prod to get me to you know, blink again. I, I, I don't know how it happens. No, I don't know how it happened because West Sydney went to the money game in three and sixty-four. Don't make it harder. Yeah. Don't make it worse. Do you think Dario Vidicic is sort of going back and watching the game and thinking, it didn't happen, not on my watch? <laughs> Maybe I should have given this to my father, <laughs> who's now looking after the men's side. Oh, and by the way, for all those uh, Melbourne City people who keep telling me that um, there's a young guy, um, you know, uh, the coach of Melbourne City, and his name is PK. It's not. PK is now coaching Twa in in Europe, um, and uh, it's one of the city uh, uh, clubs uh, that uh, the City Football Group own. And the new coach of the uh, Melbourne City men's side is Dario. No, sorry, Rado Vidicic. Now I'm confused. Rado Vidicic, <laughs> and of course his his son Dario, who used to play for uh, Adelaide, played for um, uh, Melbourne City is now the coach and doing a damn fine job, except for this result. Uh, so I'm wondering, do you think he's going to throw that, that video um, coverage of that particular game away? I think, I think that game doesn't exist for the team <laughs> anymore. Um, uh, it, it's a tricky one because, because I, nobody, I don't think anybody would have told you that I thought, well, Western Sydney Wanderers are going to get a win, let alone a result. <laughs> Um, but they did. But they did, and mm. it's an important win for them. Hopefully they can kick on from that because goal, scoring goals has been a really big issue. They've been in a lot of low-scoring contests, mm-hmm. um, except for the game against Newcastle. And they which, can't seem to score. But they can't seem to score, and mm. it's not been not just a this-season problem. It's been multiple seasons where 
the almost the club culture has become. <laughs> don't say that. It, it, it's, it's ingrained. It's almost ingrained in them. We Elder. don't invent. Sorry, it, we don't discover strikers. Yeah, but it's almost a system where they. It comes from the next group. It's like, oh, we haven't scored yet. We, we're, not, we're still not scoring. And it kind of oh. seeps into these the next crop of players that come into mm. it. And, and you're and seeing I, them all because yeah. uh, we should add, uh, Pakua Frimpong is part of the uh, Paramount Plus team calling the game, the A-League women's. Uh, how are you finding it? It's been calling good. the game. It's a bit different to what you imagined when you were doing the game at NPL level. No, no, it's it's different, but um, it's I've enjoyed it. I have. Uh, it's good, good, but different. Good, yeah, it's good, good, but different, and learning a lot. Yeah. Like, uh, which is fantastic, and been calling with some great uh, people as well. So. We should also explain to those that don't understand how you guys do it. It's changed tremendously. The costs of the game are so are so vast, and and the, and the telecasters now have all learned from one another, watching others, you know, how they cover the games. And they're, they're, in some matches, you're not live. You're there uh, with the aid of technology, and yet you're calling it off the screen effectively. Like like we used to do in, in the dark days uh, when they actually had not digital but VHS tapes that they'd send us from Europe or South America, and we'd put them into the machine, we'd step into the studio and start calling the game as if, as if it was happening live. Uh, Graham Kennedy, someone I used to work with years ago, used to say, we're now going live to the videotape. And I used to look at him and go, Graham, it's being recorded. And he'd say to me, no, 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 it's live to the videotape. So we used to have this constant back and forth. So how are you finding this, you know, nudge, this sort of subtle shift, which is part of the territory. Everybody's doing it. Seven did it uh, for a lot of the stuff. Channel Nine does it with its tennis, and we're talking about huge vasts of money that that they're spending for sport. How are you finding it with Paramount Plus? Um, it's been a different experience, but um, great learning experience. Yeah, great though, learning seriously. experience, and yeah. um, good people. Yeah, great people there, and uh, I've really, really enjoyed it. it it's 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 not um, it's different because you've you've got to go about it a different way. But um, you, I think you have to learn on the oh, spot, yeah. and it's it's yeah. a really great learning option. But I was going to say it's going to hold you in such good stead, you know, later in the season. And of course, when you do those games live, we'll be able to tell that you're sort of levitating because it'll be in your voice. It'll be a little. For those of us who who who, who will listen, uh, you know, religiously, we'll go. Yep, yep. Now she's there. She's there. We can tell now. We can tell, and that's great. Well, I wish you every success. Yeah. It's just a fabulous thing going on. So, uh, A League women's some tremendous games being played. We've seen, as you said, some results. Uh, what have you made of some of the fallout from the A League men's with the Melbourne Derby, which was played uh, quite a number of weeks ago now? Still bringing headlines, still bringing some um, uh, some announcements, and only a few days ago we heard from Football Australia, um, and I believe also the APLs. So they now basically on the same page. Uh, Victory has been uh, hit with uh, some record penalties. Some are saying not enough. Others saying way too heavy. What's your take? Because you're a, you're a football fan first. You're a professional as well. Um, it's it means a lot to you, yeah. Yeah, because you know you know a lot of people who love the the club. Yeah, I, and, and mean to do the best. I, for I thought the the points deduction was interesting because I I thought they were going to get the point automatic right. automatic. Points so the point there. deduction we should explain is suspended. Yeah, it's suspended. Should uh, anyone break yeah. the rules between now and for the next three years, those which points will go. Which is a long period oh, of time. Huge. And, 
uh, but but it's people have a short memory. It, it is, it, it's interesting. It, it, I think I believe it's only it, it only relates to a league men's competitions. Correct. It doesn't relate to the MPL or a league yeah. women's, which yeah. is I think helps the club out significantly um, by restricting it to a league men's because you have more control in a league men's, um, yep. which obviously they. I still wouldn't the, the, have thought. Yeah, I still the, wouldn't have thought. You've seen an awful lot of MPL games, yeah. and you've seen a lot of um, A League women's games. Uh, you wouldn't have seen an atmosphere uh, resembling the, what happened and some of the antics that that um, unfolded on that particular yeah, the, night the at Amy. Antics, the, the antics that, are, that unfolded at Amy are at a, a completely different level. Yeah. So, like there has been. There's been things that incidents that have occurred between Victory supporters and like Preston supporters and um, in the MPL and things like that. But that's to and fro. That's sort of barking yeah, at one yeah, another, isn't it? But it, but it, but they've it's changed dynamics of games where different protocols uh-huh. have had to be in place okay. because of past interactions. And I think 450. I think if I believe it's 150. I've seen 550,000. I'm not quite sure what the exact figure is. Yep. Um, but I understand that that's a big thing for an alien. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a whopping a, b- it's a big a amount of money. Incredibly, um, it'd be significant. Yeah, it's an onerous yeah, number that, for any club. To I, I think it's important that I think James Johnson uh, he stated he said whoever wins the competition or if the like people lose the integrity of like you know where the game goes from in terms of points that like automatically giving a three 0 win to City. Or, um, no, no. yeah, like it's yeah. important that we finish the game, which I, I understand. It'd be interesting to see how the players react. I, to I was going to say, we actually start the game at the moment it was cancelled. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or postponed. Um, interesting. One side goes in knowing it's 1 0 down, the other side knows it goes into the game 1 0 up. Yeah. What do you make of it? I want to see what the players' mentality will be like, because 20 black. You know, you, you no active no active supporters no of the active, ground. No active supporters of the ground, but uh-huh. it's also the what mentality because you're playing a shorter game. Uh, you correct you're playing a shorter game, so you you kind of get so to be. We've more basically got an hour left, haven't yeah, we? Got an hour or left, thereabouts, and we still got to go to half time. So you wait, you wow. play twenty minutes of half. So there'll be plenty of this yeah, going on, plenty of jawing, and um, I think it will be. It'll be a fun contest, though. <laughs> I think Victor You think? Yeah, you think? Oh, contest. look. Uh, speaking of fun contests, some fantastic news has emerged from uh, Football Australia. A lot of people getting uh, very excited now because we're into 2023 and uh, the Women's World Cup that, that will be held in Australia later this year and in New Zealand is getting awfully close. And um, we need to see if our club and our players... Uh, you know, can come together again and start generating some of those fantastic performances we saw just before the new year. And uh, I noticed the Football Australia with the support of the New South Wales government through that much maligned, uh, what is it, Destination New South Wales arm, has gone to the party and they said, listen, we're going to host a four-nation tournament comprising of three double-headers and the match days will be held in Gosford, in Sydney... And Newcastle. And Newcastle. And guess who's going to play? The Matildas. Who plays the Matildas? Spain. Got Jamaica. No, Uh, Spain. Spain, yeah. That should be awesome. Yeah, it'd be great. The the Jamaicans have this other uh, quality. They can match us physically, can't they? Uh, Yeah, they've got some really great players who... um, 
uh, <coughs> who play in some of the biggest competitions in the world. And uh, one of their star strikers, uh, Bunny, she plays for um, Manchester City and she's a great striker. So it'll be really interesting. So she knows Mary Fowler. Yes, yeah, she does. She, uh, so there'll be no secrets there. No, there'll be no secrets there. And the other team is Czechia, uh, which is the um, uh, Czech Republic. So four, uh, four teams playing uh, in three double headers. Uh, very exciting for the football fans. And um, uh, what do you make of it? Who are you looking forward to seeing? I'm looking f- uh, to see... Most how... looking forward to. So. It's interesting to see play Spain because Spain, the Spain national team has been through a lot and we've had a lot of players who you would think would be in that squad and not no longer playing for that the national yep. team at the moment. Yep. Um, but I am really looking forward to see how well we match up against um Spain, because if we are going to want to win the World Cup, we have to beat teams like Spain. And to see us, we want to see how we play against a team like Jamaica, who are really physical and can beat us on the counter. And uh, how well, they're quick. Our, yeah, how they're really incredibly quick, but they are also an incredibly skilled team. Yep. To see how our defensive shape matches up with them, that's really. I want to see how our defensive foundation, because I don't think I have an, a biggest issue with them, the Matildas going forward, as I do defensively. Yeah, so I'm, I'm with seeing you. Them, how they match up in different game styles defensively is really how I want to Speaking of defences, have you seen any young goalkeepers who've made an impression uh, that might force their way into the Matilda side? Um, I don't know. Because goalkeeping is one of those, you know, when you have a good one, it's, it's, it's special. Yeah, it's interesting. When, you're, when you're having problems or you're starting to leak one or two goals, you start looking over your shoulder yeah. in a way that you never imagined. It's interesting because we have... And we've got two or three that are pretty good. Like Mackenzie Arnold is a great, is a good goalkeeper. She's, you know, she does her job role. I think Tegan Micah is the goalkeeper choice as the current stage for mm-hmm. the side. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say the players particularly young in terms of like their how long they've been around in football because mm-hmm. they've been around for a long time. But, yep. but Casey Dumont has been comfortably, I think, the best goalkeeper in the A League Women's, and she's had a phenomenal last season, like last year, and she's been great for Melbourne. Is she Victoria. likely to get an, I don't, some I don't, experience? I don't, I don't think there would be a call-up for her in right. the Matilda squad because I think there is a kind of a lock on that at the moment. With And there's – it's Do hard you like to, the idea of, 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 you know, players having a lock on positions? No, I, I'm not particularly <laughs> a fan of that. I, I think I, I like more – You've got to earn it. But also – got to be in form, haven't all, you? Yeah, but also like players like – Jada Wyman, Mackenzie Arnold and uh, Lydia Williams, they kind of haven't done enough wrong to be not in the squad. Gotcha. And you can't just kind of add Casey Dumont to add Casey Dumont. You've got to take one of them out. And Jada Wyman has, has played in the side with the best defensive record in the A-League Women's And she's, she's, had, she's coming off some long-term injuries. Is she back fit? Jada Wyman? No, Jada Wyman's been, been good. She's currently um, out because I think she's injured... I can't remember what injury she had, right. but she's she was she's injured at the moment. Yep. Um, that's why they she didn't play uh, for the last two games, I believe. Right. Um, but uh, no, we've got some we've got some options, and it's good though. We've 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 got some you. we've got some good some good goalkeepers available, but we don't have we don't have as many in a- other areas. But you know, it's, it's good to have competition. I like. Uh, speaking of competition, we've got a, a fantastic opportunity now to catch up with someone who I've been meaning to talk to for, for weeks now. But, of course, Christmas, New Year, things had to get out of the way. Um, but we can catch up with her now. Her name is Benita Mercedes, and she's a big part of the, um, the football scene, especially when it comes to women 
in the game. And also, she's played a tremendous role over the years with women in football. She's also had a tremendous role with um, uh, producing and, and creating some wonderful events for the writers, the football writers in this country and uh, many from abroad. And over the last number of years, I'm, I'm wondering how many years now, would it be a decade? Uh, Benita has managed to uh, put together a, a fabulous week or weekend of uh, football writers' uh, panels and forums. And she joins us on, uh, once again, State of Our Football Nation on FNR. And Benita, welcome. Thank you, George. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you and your family. Uh, I w- Pakua and I, have, uh, once we got the pleasantries over, we quickly, very quickly did a uh, summation of what's happened over the last few weeks and some of the fallout that we saw during the uh, the last, the infamous uh, Melbourne derby. Uh, we've seen now both uh, the APL and we've also seen Football Australia come out and, and make a number of judgments and they've announced now a series of penalties. Um, what have you made of some of the fallout? And could you believe that there was a dark day that we were going to see, especially with a Women's World Cup just around the corner and a fabulous World Cup in Qatar just ending with what must have been, in, in my mind, the greatest final I've seen? Gosh, George, there's so many things around. I know, but it's but it's been like that, and we've been off we've been off air, and I just thought. But if anyone knows, if anyone knows, because you lapped this up, you you have actually been a part of this game for a lifetime, you through your family and through your other commitments and connections, and of course uh, you were part of the um, the uh, the football teams, the Australian men's team. You you were a big part of not only the games they played, how they played, how they turned out, you were also part of that team that um, tried very hard to bring a World Cup, a men's World Cup to Australia, and that didn't go quite to plan, did it? No, but getting back to your earlier question and starting with the last things first, and that yep. is you mentioned that it's the best final you've seen in your lifetime, yep. and I think that's right. I think almost everyone um, has had that comment to make about the quality of that particular game spoiled by a couple of things at the end in yep. the uh, in the, the presentation but yes. we won't yep. go into that now yep 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 but getting back to the a league which is also part of what you asked about i think uh, you know there there is no excuse and there's no room for the loutish behavior that we saw um and i'm glad that the a league or rather football australia <clears throat> has come down quite heavily on on those individuals and so has the police been pursuing them um and i'm pleased that they've also had some sanctions although not not so tough but um it really um some sanctions against melbourne victory as well um but i wrote an op-ed i was asked to write an op-ed by um the nine media ex fairfax yeah um yeah. about this and the point i made there is while no one excuses that behaviour, um, we there are other people who need to look at what are some of the factors that led to that happening. It doesn't excuse the behaviour, no, but let's be, you know, the, the whole social media world erupted with disbelief, anger, dismay, you name it, when that decision regarding the Sydney Grand Finals was announced. Um, and I think there are a few issues. If we, you know, you could unpack that into a few issues. One, I, I think the whole communication around it could have been better. Yeah, the messaging, hundred uh, percent right. Yep. 
they didn't socialize anyone to the fact that they were even pursuing that idea and <laughs> i think if that if that had been sort of talked about um people might have been better prepared um i and i think just in terms of the way they managed it for example why wouldn't you go to the other state governments and say, look, we've had this offer from New South Wales, mm. are you interested? Or why wouldn't you package up six years or eight years of A-League grand finals and say, we'll move around the states? That might have been something that people would see as fairer rather than what we ended up with. And, I, you know, I think there was this surprise that so many fans of Sydney FC, Western Sydney Wanderers, Newcastle, Central Coast, MacArthur were also up in arms about this decision because there's we all of us as football fans have an implicit sense of fairness about how the A-League Grand Final and before that the NSL Grand Final has been run. It's been based on merit, not based on which state government provided some money. Correct. Uh, it's been the difference maker. There's no doubt about that. And it, we've, we've been benefiting from some fantastic grand finals. I remember the, the one in, in Adelaide at the new Adelaide, uh, redeveloped Adelaide Oval. It was a spectacular grand final. Uh, it looked tremendous on, 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 on screen and uh, it showcased a part of the country uh, and, and a stadia uh, or a stadium rather that uh, people hadn't got uh, too much uh, access to. So in many respects, it was a terrific move. And again, we, we, we went to Perth. Um, I agree with you, but I'm just wondering, this coziness with Football Australia and the APL and Sydney and the New South Wales government and the fact that the New South Wales government has some brand new stadia that it needs to fill to pay their way, do you think all of this might have been way too much? I think the the football. I think football Australia has also has always um, had to deal with the perception, uh, and I won't you know question whether that's real or imagined, but the perception that it is close to the Sydney teams. Um, in a sense, that's almost going to happen wherever football Australia is located. Um, there's going to be a perception that they're closer to the teams True. in which True. their city is based. Um, you know, I know. I mean, I worked there for over a decade ago now but there was that perception then and even to the point I was told that you know I wasn't allowed to be a member of Sydney FC even though I had been a foundation member of Sydney FC and I'd actually lived in Canberra at the time Um, and that was how they tried to deal with the perception that there was no favoritism I never saw that Mm -hmm. in in the decision making the decisions were based on commercial issues as was this decision from a, an A-League perspective, I can totally understand that they felt the need to lock in some financial certainty um, regarding to help to help the A-League currently because they have been through, through two or three years of COVID. Correct. Yep. Um, and then also some financial certainty around the A-League Grand Final. But as I mentioned earlier, they did not try to socialise that decision. They did not try to go out to the market to to look at the competition for it. And, they, you know, they could have been a little bit smarter about how they packaged it all. But that uh, then saw this wave of um, um, fomenting uh, um, uh, criticism in social media that really got out of hand, that really did get out of hand. And I thought at the time, oh, this Melbourne derby is going to have uh, some um, some real fire to it. I didn't realise it would quite, you know, see what what we actually turned out to to watch uh, at Amy Park. I no, never imagined. I, I thought the days of, um, of running onto pitches 
And I never imagined someone, I never, I think my, the last time I was actually um, you know, disappointed, really disappointed by the people's actions or fans' actions, when, when young Tony Pisano was being chased by a, a fan with a, a corner post, and that was an awful long time ago. It was, yes, I think it was, it was, was it Sydney, 80s, I think. Sydney City, uh, Sydney Olympic. That's how far, uh, how long ago it was. And I never imagined I would see someone pick up a, a, a metal tin or a metal can filled with sand that they use to put the, uh, the um, uh, flares out and use it as a weapon against uh, both a, a, a player, in this instance the goalkeeper, Tom Glover, and the referee who I thought handled it he handled it as well as anybody could. I thought he was really brave. I, 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 I saw that he motioned for the players to come forward. Uh, I spoke to Chris Bambridge, who said to us, the first thing that um, uh, the referee should have done was pull everyone into the middle and then say to them, uh, anything happens, we're all off. But again, easier thing to say in hindsight much more difficult if you're in the heat of the moment and things, uh, you know, volcanic things are happening around you. Yeah, look, I don't think anyone imagined that that would be the reaction of what is fundamentally a relatively minor proportion of Melbourne Victory fans, a very minor sure. proportion of Melbourne Victory fans, and an even smaller minor, smaller group of fans of the whole the A-League in, in total. And I think everyone was shocked. And, um, you know, as I said at the outset, any action taken by Football Australia and the authorities to deal with those individuals um, can only be supported. Absolutely. Now, um, let's let's move on. Let's talk. It's 2023, Benita, which means that the Women's World Cup between uh, with, that will be held in Australia and New Zealand is very, very close. And Pakua Frimpong, who's my co-host, is beaming from ear to ear. She can't think of anything more exciting other than calling the games, which she's doing, of course, for Paramount+. Plus. Um, the next most wonderful thing for her is to see women playing uh, and being enormously competitive. And there are some competitive games coming up. And more importantly than that, there's an opportunity for some of our women to make a play at breaking into the Matildas. Do you think that's a possibility, Benita? You've seen some of the players. Uh, look, I think there is from what we've seen so far in the A-League women's season. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that's what Tony Gustafsson has been driving for the entire time. I mean, one of the one of the criticisms of him is that um, <laughs> and, and his management is that he has played, uh, he's had a lot of different people in the squad without necessarily playing them, but I'm mm. sure he's looking at them closely and what they're doing at the moment. Um, and there's no doubt that the, the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand will be a fantastic event. Um, we are very good um, at hosting major sporting events. We've got a track record in that. And this will be no different. Um, I don't think some other parts of the community realise quite how big this will be because it, it's a 32-team World Cup over, over the two countries, admittedly. Um, and they have, you know, particularly some, some of those teams have very big very big supporter base who will travel to Australia. And, you know, I know from uh, the Football Writers' Festival, which we're holding the weekend before the World Cup kicks off, you know, there's already, it's very difficult to get accommodation. Uh, it's very difficult wow. to get flights that are any sort of half decent price. Well, you'd be, um, you'd be so a tremendous, that's, that's you're, you're a tremendous barometer then of what's, of what's about to come. 
Yeah, absolutely. But it's great news for Australia overall as well. Let's not not forget, you know, as with the rest of the world, our tourism industry has suffered for the past three years. Very much so. And it's fantastic that football is able to help bring people from around the world to our country and the, the, you know, the the light of the sh- of the sporting world will be on our country and New Zealand for the five weeks. That's that's exactly what countries, what would governments want out of the money they put in to host these events. So and talk, that's what it will deliver. Talk to me about the um, the football riders, the event that you've got coming up before the actual World Cup. Yeah, we're holding it on the 15th to the 17th of July in Sydney. <laughs> I, I dare and say the word Sydney, but the reason for that is it's um, the weekend before the first game that the Matildas are playing kicks off. It's against Ireland. Um, wow. And it, it's, it, we haven't announced the lineup yet. It's all coming together. We did announce earlier this week that we've got two charity partners um, who are both do things very dear to a lot of the values of a lot of football fans. One is um, the Literacy for Life Foundation, which is an adult Aboriginal literacy foundation. Um, and on the, and that's built on the basis that if you can teach adults to read and to have li- to have appropriate levels of literacy and numeracy, they, even ha- they can also help their children. Um, and the second one was started by a former German international player whom I had the pleasure of meeting last year, Thomas Hitzelsberger who played for Stuttgart and Aston Villa, amongst others, and the German national team. Um, he started, uh, he's co-started a charity called Future for Nepal. On the basis, he went to Nepal for a documentary that he filmed about, uh, it called Qatar Why, which was showed prior to the World Cup in, in um, Qatar. And he met with some Nepalese families who had been whose lives had been devastated by the fact that their husband and father had died in helping to build World Cup infrastructure. So he started this charity. Um, 25% of all of our ticket and book sale proceeds will go to um, uh, these charities, an equal share of them, so 12.5% each. And as part of that, Thomas Hitzelsberger is also who is a diversity ambassador for the German FA, he's also coming out to Australia and coming to the Football Writers Festival, which is pretty exciting. It will be, and I trust all the media outlets get on board because it, uh, when you have people of that calibre and that quality who have seen so much and have played so well for so long, um, it's, it's an added bonus. I'm just wondering... Um, how do they get, if people want to be involved, if people want to get connected, how do they uh, get through to you? How do they get well, about we it? Well, have we a, have a website, website, which is yeah, footballwritersfestival.org.au. Um, as I said, we're announcing our ticket packages within the next week or two, uh, just some putting the final sort of uh, pieces together in terms of the international guests who are coming. Um, and you know, if they just do a search for us on social media or on the website, they'll they'll come across they'll come across us. I should mention that another very exciting part of this year's Football Writers Festival is what we announced last year, which was an emerging women women writers program, um, in which we've invited women from around the world to submit a long form essay, um, which we some of which we will publish, and then we'll invite. Um, a hand or less than a handful of the people who have submitted a, an article to come to the Writers' Festival and be part of it and talk about what they wrote about. I'm really um, 
It's been fantastic, the response we've had. I mean, it, it, it from little things, big things grow. And yes, so I yes. didn't expect to be inundated and I haven't been. But we do have a, lo- a good number of entries, including, um, fan- which is fantastic, from the African continent. Um, and so I'm really delighted that we've got people, you know, it, we've been able to get out to people from all around the world about that particular program and that initiative. Um, you may not know, but Bakua is uh, Ghanaian. Uh, came as yes, a, I think I she was five, five-year-old, and um, went back uh, when she was about 12, yep. 15. Uh, and, uh, of course, did I mention she's football mad? She's fabulous. She, <laughs> I, I, she, I think we know that she's a little football mad, and uh, that's a good thing. <laughs> and can, I just say, can I just say she's got, she's got all the colours on. Uh, that top, by the way, Pakua. That every was, you know, just lean up so people can see it. I, 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 this is the thing, right? You're going to okay. say it's a football kit, but it's, it's actually not a it's, kit? it's not a football kit. It's wow. it's from a brand that, uh, like a friend of mine has. But I do like to think it's a football. It's my non-football football kit. So it's your non-football football kit. Yeah, my non-football um, football kit. Um, Benita, you may not see it with the clarity that I can see it, but it looks really smart. Now, if the only thing that could improve this, right? Was if it had a number on the back. Yeah. Can you lean forward? So, you know, uh, I should, next time I'll a... get next. No, there's no shit. There's no number on the back. Maybe I'll get like five from Pong and the <laughs> just to make people just uh, see. Uh, by the, but what I'm saying is uh, a Ghan, a very proud Ghanaian. And for a little while, for a millisecond, Benita, you would love this. I thought she was related to Jeremy Frimpong, who's part of the Dutch uh, national team, and yes. she. Enormous credit to Pakua. <laughs> she didn't dally. She didn't, you know, have me sort of hanging on the edge there. <laughs> she jumped straight up and said, "No, we're not related." Unfortunately, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm a little disappointed. Um, it'd be very cool to say that I'm related to. A, you would have been a footballer, buoyant. but unfortunately, oh. I did when I was younger. There used to be a, a uh, Emmanuel Frimpong used to play for Arsenal, and I'm a big Arsenal fan. Oh, so of course. I did. Uh, maybe I've told people I was related to him once or twice. <laughs> That may not be true, but would it would have been a quiet Saturday night, and you yeah. just wanted to bump the heat yeah, up in the room. Like, hey guys, it's, it's the type anymore. of thing that it's the type of thing most people probably wouldn't check up on. They no, just they believe. wouldn't exactly. So maybe but, I Benita, the, the, the football writers that you have working um, <laughs> would certainly do their homework, and they would spot it. Don't you worry. They would, unfortunately. By the way, remember that that, that uh, wonderful uh, initiative that you were you were the chair of, uh, women women in football. Uh, I can say with confidence, Pakua is the one that that whole initiative would have been directed at because smart young woman who loves the game uh, and wants to be as good as she can possibly be and she's uh, not taking any any shortcuts and she's doing some uh, work above and beyond and there's one reason for that, to get better. So you'd be buoyant. You'd be very excited about Pakua. And uh, we're thrilled a bit to have her on FNR. It means the world to us. We've been very lucky to have some terrific young women join us from very early days, uh, Louise Taffer, of course, and uh, to see others. I'm encouraging Pakua to reach out and bring <laughs> some more on board. We should. We should. We should. We should. We should. Especially this year. New crop of FNR. Yeah, new crop. New FNR. And make them, make them hungry to be better. That's what Benita's always been saying. We'll put the call out like a bat signal and we'll find... Why not? Why not? And can I say in terms of the Football Writers Festival, as well as the Emerging Women Writers Program, which I mentioned... I was going to say, do you have any women? We've got a couple of uh, people coming who, you know, are very inspiring. They've been 
in the football media or football writing for decades. Um, and, you know, they could uh, almost provide a masterclass on um, how to go about it and how to be resilient and how to keep going and knocking at doors because you do have to. Absolutely. There's no, no two ways about that. Uh, I can remember as a young ethnic boy uh, and I can imagine some of the challenges for a young, uh, a young woman in this day and age. Again, um, we're, we're seeing enormous changes. And I, and I was doing an interview the other day and I said to some people, if you think Australia hasn't changed much, you have no idea. The Australia that I was born in no longer exists. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah, it's not a bad yeah. thing. And thankfully, in some great areas, we are improving. There is uh, one or two other areas that we need to do a bit of homework. And we still suffer, Benita, I think you can vouch for this. We still suffer from a terrible cultural cringe in this country, don't we? Yes, we do. <laughs> how do yep. So how do we... How do we break that down? How do we, how do we, our, how do we bring, you know, writers from around the world to show to, to show showcase this particular uh, anomaly and 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 make it better, you know? Uh, look, I think always um, one of the things that I would say, and we certainly say in women in football, you can't be what you can't see. Yes, um, and That's so been used there, a lot. Yeah, I, I I think yeah, it's used a lot in a lot of things. Yep. Um, I think being able to meet and talk to and have a chat with people who have been there and done that and and find out that as much as it may look easy when they're, say, the deputy editor of a major newspaper, deputy sports editor of a major newspaper or something like that, it may look easy. It, it hasn't been. And, you know, particularly, you know, the environment for it, it's the same as women players who have come up through the years from, you know, when... when um, international or women's football started it's the same on the admin side and on the media side uh i was recently asked about this myself i mean there's lots of things that people of a certain age <laughs> women of a certain age have had to <laughs> go through which fortunately it's made easier now for some of the younger women there's there are different pressures and there are different issues to deal with but some of the entry issues are much easier and much more it's much more um acceptable for a woman to be want to be involved in football you, you, you mentioned issues there's one issue will football australia ever address it and it's to do with the original uh, matildas uh, trixie oh. tag and others yeah that's that's, a that's that's an open wound now isn't it that's a question for Football Australia, but I tell you what, we uh, Fair Play Publishing yep. <laughs> has a book coming out about the first Matilda, what what is called the first Matildas, yeah, and about the uh, nineteen seventy five um, Ladies Asian Cup tour, yep, um, yeah, because let's not forget they came third in that tournament. The yes, Asian Football yeah. Confederation counts it as an official tournament, um, and you know when that book's out, I'd really urge you to speak. I mean, the the author Greg Downs has spoken with most of the women who are on that um, that tour. Um, can I've we get Can first... we get Greg on FNR? You can when the book's out. Yeah, okay, all right. Yep. It'd Please be great, keep us posted. Please. Keep I, us I think posted. it is one. I think it is one of those issues, and I've noticed Gary Cole talk about this in relation to the Socceroos, and Andrew Howe addressed it in the updated edition of the Encyclopedia of Socceroos last year as well. There shouldn't be this differentiation between B caps, uh, B games and A games anymore. If if you're good enough to have played for your country, you're good enough to have played for your country. And let's not forget 
um, the environment in within which we played, either as Socceroos or Matildas, back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, older areas for the men, um, were very different from what they are now. We didn't have the opportunity always to play na- na- other nations um, within national teams. So, you know, I don't think we should differentiate between those pl- those players in terms of their ability and their skills and the fact that they represented the very best of Australia. Here, here, I, I want consistency. If we're going to create a narrative about Australia's centennial, uh, you know, match, New Zealand and Australia, remember that, and all the players that were uh, acknowledged, then, then if you're going to go back 100 years, go back to 75, and it was a tour uh, that the girls represented Australia. And you can't, yes. you can't and, walk past that. And they were, they were you know, deemed to be representing Australia by none other, none other than Sir Arthur George. I mean, that would be like who was, who was Who was the head of what today would be Football Australia? Sir Arthur yeah, George was, was, was one head- tough cookie. Was the equivalent of Chris Nicku. Correct, correct. So if, you know, if Chris Nicku says something today, we'd all take it as gospel. Well, it better it better be said we need to address it ASAP and I'm going to put it in the hands of uh, uh, Pakua to, to uh, see it through because us old fellas, you know, may not, may not get the result we want now. But, but you may, Pakua, you may. Uh, by the way, I, I can't go, uh, we can't finish this interview without run, running this Cup of Nations uh, announcement um, you know, through you. You've seen enough. You understand what this means. We've got Spain coming. We've got Czechia coming, which is the, the, the Czech Republic. And we've also got Jamaica, which is a, a team that I like the look of because we want our Matildas tested. And Pakua says to me that they're smart, they're, they're ferocious, and, they're, and they're, um, they're going to take us on. Do you, you like the idea of this announcement and the, the fact that the sponsors have come to the party? We're going to have three double headers: Newcastle, oh, ab- Sydney, absolutely. and Gosford. Absolutely, and it's what you'd expect uh, prior to hosting a World Cup on home soil. You would think almost everyone wants to come here. I notice, for instance, the US, who has its group games in New Zealand, is playing a, a, a similar sort of tournament in New Zealand, um, and that's one of the great benefits of having a, a World Cup on home soil. You get these countries here; they want to come here and they want to play us, and that gives us great uh, match practice as well as them but it obviously we should have the greater advantage than any of them and they're three good teams um the lionesses are going to have enormous support down under how many games are they playing in australia uh i think they're playing all three of their yeah. group games in oh, australia oh, yeah and i mean the other team that i think will have good support will be ireland of course um, which is our first game um so you know, it should it should be a fantastic tournament and you know well supported. And I know I have friends who are travelling from Denmark and who just can't get tickets; they're desperate for tickets. So that's <laughs> sort of good to hear. You know, there was a book written by a guy called Johnny Warren. Heard of him? Yes, and, and his famous book. And the title is uh, is a mouthful, but you mentioned the Irish. And the, of course, they were the ones most responsible for uh, for giving us the word Sheila, adding it to our our lexicon. And, well, jo- and Johnny Warren ran with it. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, Australia has a very strong Irish background from yeah. very early on. Yeah. Uh, look, Benita, thank you very much for uh, catching up and agreeing to join us. 
and giving us an insight into some of the things that you've got set up and uh, very excited to be doing. Uh, we wish you every success. And again, just give us that website again. Should people reach out and want to speak to you? Footballwritersfestival.org.au. Okay. And the dates, one more time? 15th to the 17th of July, three days. So, and those dates are coming at a, at a rate of knots. Can I say it's six months and three days away? Wow. <laughs> you know who just jumped up? Pakua. She just got yeah. excited. The days of yep. we're kind of like already means- the, I don't know we're in the twelfth day of the year already. It's gone way too quick. Wouldn't good. you want to see uh, you know, young women of the calibre of uh, Pakua joining some of the male broadcasters to call the women's world cup? Wouldn't that uh, absolutely. be exciting? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's already happening vice versa as well. I mean, you're getting a lot of women who are who are part of the broadcast team for men's football. So yeah, it happen, should happen both ways. Fantastic. Best Fantastic. person for the job. Correct. Absolutely. Correct. Benita Merciades has been our special guest on FNR's State of Our Football Nation. Thank you for all of that. And when you get uh, a little bit further into the year, and we get awfully close to some of those big events, we're going to get back to you, Benita. Sounds good. Thank you, George. All the very, very best. Thank Thanks you. Thank again. Thank you both. Thank you. Okay. See you later. There you go, Pakur. No more excuses. You want to get involved? Put your hand up. Get into it. I noticed you were very quiet then. Did I over, Did I just speak no, over the top of you? No, no, no. You didn't, George. I was just uh, listening to everything in that, uh, you know, really fascinating stuff from Benita. So but be Benita, Benita's been there from the very beginning. Um, you know, people say she was a... Um, uh, a whistleblower at a critical time in the game's history, but she's been much, much, much more than that. She was the manager of the uh, the Socceroos for quite some time, um, through saw uh, through some big competitions. Was there when they were bidding for the World Cup, so she understands the not only the dynamics, the politics, the propaganda, and everything else that went with it. And um, you know, these days, uh, a publisher in her own right doing some tremendous work to not only tell the best stories, but to showcase some of the best stories and give people a chance to, especially the younger members of the community, a chance to find out uh, the rich history that is this game of ours that uh, we call football and some people call soccer. <laughs> some people. Yeah, some some people. Now, um, this week, you've what game are you doing? It'll be a Saturday night. It's uh, oh, so Newcastle. It'll be Saturday, so Saturday at three o'clock. It'll be Canberra playing Canberra playing uh, Newcastle at McCalla Park. Um, should be an, should be a really exciting game. Newcastle just had a big win over Adelaide um, the other you know, on the week last weekend, and Canberra in some good form. They've just been struggling. Uh, they're having scoring as many goals as they probably should. Both are some really fascinating teams. It should be a really good contest. Uh, can I just move you forward to the men's competition, the O-League men's? You mentioned Adelaide. Yeah. Um, they went through a horror moment and got whipped 4-0, 4-0. Mind you, they got to play a send-off. And someone who's played, you know, you know um, an awful lot of games, uh, he went in. I thought he just mistimed it. There was no malice intended. But Isaias got nailed, got a red card, and then then the Central Coast Mariners went through them like a dose of salts. What do you make of that? Because Adelaide is on paper, and I know they don't play on paper, but on paper and on its day is one of the uh, fiercest and combative teams in the competition. You don't like getting whipped 4-0 at any time. 
No, you certainly don't. But uh, the Mariners are a fun team, though. Like they, they kind of they're never Nick out of Nick Montgomery's yeah, never, enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And, and you've um, you guys have had him on Sufin. Um, I think we're going to have to have yeah, him, him again. again. And he's um he's really really fascinating. I think he's I think the players believe in him, and they they're never really out of any game. Like they 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 have lapses of moments, but they also have really high energy and have moments of real like skill. They just can't put it together for 90 minutes and they, they put it together for 90 oh, yeah. minutes against yeah. um, against Adelaide. But um, no, they're a really fun team and they can beat anyone really. I'm just wondering if they went at the extra yard that particular day because it was the farewell yeah. for young Garen Quall. Uh, what's the latest? We're hearing now he might end up in Scotland on loan yeah, from uh, Newcastle. Is that I've, is I've, that what you were hearing? Well, that's what Lockie Flanagan certainly wants to hear, and that's what he's certainly hearing at the moment. But um, isn't it amazing? Uh, I was just going to say to you, Lockie, who? Yeah, no, Lockie. He's been away three or four weeks, yeah. five five weeks now, and uh, we've forgotten him. No, Lockie. I think Lockie's got uh, Google alerts on for Garen Quall and uh, the Hearts. It's the thing he's waiting. He's just sitting by his phone, and I think we might hear like there might be like you know we see the Batman logo in the sky in the comments. I think you'll see like just Lockie will get one of the flying like. Uh, we'll get Skywriter. Frimpong is my co-host. I didn't realise how much bat energy she. Oh, um, I love Batman. Batman's great. It's great. Best superhero. Hey, Just like I'm a huge Batman fan. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't didn't realise how deep your affection is yeah. for him. Oh, he's a great well, you surprised me. Uh, you, you go on one level. You went Arsenal. I went really. <laughs> and then she goes Batman. I go yes. Yeah, Batman's awesome. Um, no, but. Uh, Lockie, I think, I think if he goes, Lockie's because I don't watch that much. Of the okay, Scottish just program. read it for me. What's your view? Wouldn't Portugal be a better fit for well, him Lockie, if he could get the, the the playing time? I think so, but also Hearts have already got Socceroos. Yes, that's true. So it's Rolls, it, it, Rolls it's, he's there. It's, They're teammates from if, the Central Coast I think, Mariners. I think you know, we see a lot of times where players from different like. When they've got to go to a different country, they've got to learn a different language. Sure. It takes them a really long time oh, yeah. to settle in. And, and they feel and, like an outsider. And, 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 and because there's pressure on them, if they don't, if all these other things aren't clicking for them, everybody goes, oh, they, they haven't done well. But to go to Hearts where they speak the same language, yeah. you've got people you can't, you already know there, yeah. it's easier to settle in and it's also much more comfortable. So it allows him to be more free. And Hearts have already got a system and he doesn't have the pressure of having to be some like That's super, fair. superstar. That's so. Fair. It's, it makes it easier for him to settle in, and I think it'd be easier for him to succeed there. I okay. suppose isolated in Portugal. So you you agree with Lockie, but you also concur with me that he needs playing time. Yeah, I do. Right? Yeah. So are we saying to, are we saying the jump between uh, the A League and the Scottish uh, Premier League is not that great, but it's great enough that he should be playing? I think there is. A, I think there is a big gap between the Scottish Prem and the A League. I do. Is that think, right? I, I think so. Um, so you're spending a lot of time with Lockie then? No, I, I think I, I'm buying into maybe I'm buying into Lockie's rhetoric, but <laughs> but, uh, but no. But the, of the games of the, the the Scottish Prem that I have seen, it has been high quality games, and I think just so long as he's getting, a lot, I, I think a lot I think of Australians do. Yeah, no, no, but, amazing. I, yeah, I I don't think it's about him like playing a full ninety per se and like being in the starting at like eleven. Mm. It's more so about consistent minutes, where it's twenty minutes in this game, and yep. the same the next twenty minutes, and just playing a particular yeah, role, playing a really specific yeah. role, and yeah. being excelling at that. That's all I want. And to what we don't know is what instructions will Newcastle give? Yeah, yeah, to that that uh, setup in but, Scotland. But I think that going to a club like Hearts, whenever it's confirmed, if yeah. that's where it ends up being, it's 
there's not pressure on him to succeed because Hearts are already Hearts. They've already got they've already got established players and they've have the system. He's just a player who's there to develop. And the fact that he's at New technically at Newcastle, mm. it means that if he does well, he knows exactly where he's going to go. They had him on the website, the Newcastle uh, website. He looked the goods. Looks they the got goods. right behind him. They're, they're all very excited. They they're all talking. Garen Quall. Yep, and yeah. uh, Newcastle are a side that are building and building a culture with Eddie Howe and building a really... He seems to be doing a tremendous yeah, job. Yeah, no, he's, he's doing a fantastic job. I remember when uh, Arsene Wenger was in his last years and Arsenal fans were deciding if we should get Eddie Howe. And yeah. Now he's had the time and he's succeeding. I wonder if, if he copped a little bit of um, uh, backlash from his time at Bournemouth when, when they started to not lose their way, but he had a couple of injuries yeah. and this, that and the other... And didn't quite get those tremendous. And I'm, this is not a criticism. Yeah, no, no. I'm just giving you my perspective. I think he's an absolutely uh, uh, quality coach, and he the horses that he had never quite gave him the opportunity to showcase his talent. Whereas he's gone to Newcastle, he's thought, listen, they have the money now, but they also don't want a revolution. They want an evolution. They want to do this slowly, a bit like City did. At when they came into Melbourne Heart. A lot of the Heart fans imagined that the money would be spent and they would win the championship that next year or that year. Well, that was never going to happen. And uh, the one, in fact, I remember talking to Ferran Soriano when he was here, who was the managing director of the City Football Group, and he said, no, 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 give us 10 years and we'll not only be champions of Australia, but we'll be champions of Asia. And that's still a, another thing that they've got to do. Yeah, I think... I uh, really like what Newcastle are doing because yep. I think it's it is a recipe for long term success. You can buy a lot of players sure. in a really short period of time and you can win, yep. but it does not ensure that you will your class your club will be great for ten years, fifteen, twenty years. That takes it really hard. And if you you have to work on your culture and you have to get the right players, they have to be young players. And you have to develop and set a tone and a stand. And I think Eddie Howe has. Newcastle have given Eddie Howe the freedom to build and he's absolutely exceeding expectations by the fact that they're in third place in the Premier League right mm. now and going to Arsenal and getting a draw mm. against the league leaders. Uh, speaking of Arsenal, were you unhappy about uh, Mr. Mikel Arteta and some of his no. um, diatribe and actions on the sideline? Because I think we should have got a penalty. I think we should have got a yeah, penalty. Yeah, but you don't speak about scandalous I think uh, one of the, I think on. one of the, I think scandalous for scandalous is a very strong word. Yeah. But I do you don't run it out unless yeah. you know for sure. But but I do think out of the two of the things that he was upset about, I think one of them most certainly was a penalty. And uh, yeah. can I can I run this as a counter? Mm-hmm. Right, I, I I'm not going to agree or disagree with you. I think I saw the action there, and I I, I didn't believe one of the the outcomes. But I've seen so many things happen in the EPL over the last number of years where I, you're not certain. Yeah? Yes. You, it goes to the VAR and you go, it's got to be a, a penalty yeah. and nothing. No, but, but or, that, that's and this, that thing. and the other, right? I'm just thinking that what the only advice I would have for Mikel, who ha- has done an extraordinary job in the last year alone and has got unfinished business, especially after the way they got uh, mercilessly cut down last year when they failed to get into the top four, when they had it there to do it, um, he has grown immeasurably, as has his squad, but I think he's starting to um, feel the pressure 
and some of the behaviour rubs off on players. If they see you agitated, don't they become agitated too? I think there's a real belief in this, like the Arsenal team, though. So you think there's no problem no, with, I, with I, Arteta's actions and behaviour? Because, because I think for okay. uh, for a long time, let's see. For a, no, absolutely, and for for a long time, it's like there's been so much noise that has affected the Arsenal team from everybody else who was not an Arsenal fan. And I think that Mikel Arteta has set a culture now yep. in which that the voices that are important are the the like the the internal club and the fans of the act of the club, not the pundits that want to speak about Arsenal and all the different... No argument there. The last coach that behaved, started behaving like this, his name was Kevin Keegan, mm-hmm. and he was coaching Newcastle, and they, they looked like to, they were going to be the tear-away winners of the EPL. Yeah. And they disintegrated and I- self-harm everywhere. And Manchester United beat them. I, I will say this. I think if Arsenal didn't win the league, I would not be upset. I, I, Arsenal winning the league is not, it's not the determinant of if we've had a successful season or not for me. No. My When we started this season, I said, oh, I just want top four. Qualify. That's, qualify for the top four. Europe. And it looks like we're going to do that. And we're yep. playing really good football. Yeah, as playing a, great football. So I'm all, you know... You're almost wearing the right colours too. Oh my, um, on that note, it's time for me to say um, to Pakua, um, a very good uh, day. Look forward to catching you up next week. And next week, you'll have some results for me. And I want, if you can, to give me your rundown or assessment of what will be the final four for the A-League women's. No pressure. Okay. okay. I'll, uh, I'll think about you know, that. You, you know your sport. You know your footy. Yeah. And you know which teams are out there that are combative enough to grow and make a real play for the like, the last four places. That's all I want from you. Okay. You don't have to give me the winner, but the final four would be nice. So I'll, see, I'll see how that goes this, maybe this weekend. And good luck on Saturday with Newcastle and uh, Adelaide. Canberra. Canberra. Canberra, right, yeah. Right. Uh, from the, um, the studios, the Melbourne studios in Docklands for FNR Football Nation Radio, George Danikian, along with Pakua Frimpong, saying uh, catch you next week. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR.